The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to The Compassionate Life with Dr. Brittany King. In this hour, you'll hear stories about kindness, selflessness, and of course, compassion. The hope is that you'll be inspired to create some compassionate moments of your very own. Now, here is Dr. Brittany King. Hi, I'm Dr. Brittany King, and you're listening to The Compassionate Life. Today, we will be speaking with Kathy Belnowski of Faithful Paws of Houston. This is an organization that was founded in 1997. It's a pet therapy organization. Kathy is a retired high school math teacher and manager of the Faithful Paws group. She handles the facilities, the scheduling, the new and current members, the webpage, and communications. Um, it's an absolute honor to get to be able to speak with her this afternoon. Um, just a little bit of a background, too, around you know why the, the human-animal bond is so important. Um, it's a mutually beneficial and dynamic relationship between people and animals that positively influences the health and well-being of both. Some examples of this benefit... Um, include an animal can significantly increase positive social behaviors among children with autism, um, therapy animals and pediatric cancer studies improved motivation to participate in treatment protocols, maintain their motivation over time, and to want to get to uh, to become better or stay optimistic longer. So we're going to hear about um, you know how Faithful Paws is involved in these different types of therapy um, modalities and what the organization is all about. So, hi, Kathy. Hey, Brittany. How are you doing today? Good. A little rainy here in Houston. Oh, well, please share it up here. We're dry as a bone in Brian. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for joining us. You're um, very welcome. So we'll, uh, we'll get started. Um, tell us, Kathy, a little bit about your, your own kind of lifelong charitable endeavor background. Um, I've always been a volunteer kind of person. I like to volunteer me, plus I've always volunteered my husband and kids for things, too. Not always to their liking, but they're willing. Um, my family will attest. I tutored little kids when I was in Girl Scouts and all through high school, and then when I decided to start teaching after my kids were grown, I tutored math for free. Um, it just is was the right, right way to do it. Um, I was teaching high school math and retired from that. Yay! And if a kid <laughs> wanted to spend their time learning, then I'm certainly willing to spend my time helping them. So we always had spare kids at our dining room table, and if we ate, they ate. And I spent most evenings on the phone. I had the only two teenagers that never answered the telephone because it was always for mom. <laughs> <laughs> and then small children kind of transitions right into the small furry ones too, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. It's really nice because you don't have to buy them long pants. You don't have to buy them shoes. And, you know, they stop needing a babysitter much, much quicker. <laughs> oh well. When did you decide it was a personal calling to give back? And was there any specific moment in time, um, or person, or a pet? Um, 
just the give back in general with with seniors and stuff. You know, my mom had taken me from when I was born, I guess, to visit some of her old teachers in a nursing home. And I had a great aunt that was in a nursing home, and we visited her. So that was just kind of my normal day anyway. And then when we got Zorro, my Aussie had just such a neat-looking face. As soon as we brought him home from the pound, you know, we were going wow, this would be so neat to share with kids, and I had no idea. And we went up to, I took my mom up to get her hair dressed, hair done, and one of the um, beauticians there said, hey, have you ever thought about pet therapy? And I'm like, what's that? And there we are, and that was Connie, who's our director. So, um, you know, she said, well, bring him to class on Tuesday. So we brought him to class on Tuesday, and it was, you know, sold from that minute on. Oh, that's perfect. Serendipitous, really. Um, well, actually, that leads us right into, so can you tell us a little bit more about what is the Faithful Pause organization? Um, Faithful Pause is an outreach group. It, officially, we're outreach from Bel Air United Methodist Church. They were just brainstorming at the church um, in 1997 with members of the church, and which I'm not, but that's okay because a lot of our members aren't either, and we're trying to see what else they could do for outreach, and Connie was one of the people in that out, the brainstorming group and said, well, she, you know, she's a dog trainer by trade and by training, and um, she would be happy to see she had heard about pet therapy where people take dogs that are trained to go to nursing homes or hospitals, and, you know, she had some friends that might be interested from the dog group and see if she could get them trained, and, you know, they go reach out and go to a couple of places in the neighborhood, and the pastor said that would be wonderful, and off they went. And so they started with, she had nine friends, and they had 12 dogs among them, and they started going, and they went to two nursing homes and one hospital for, you know, a year or so, and then it slowly branched out, hey, I've got another place I'd like to go, and and it took off from there. Um, I joined around 2000 when we got my Aussie, and I already had my German Shepherd. He was older, but and he was just a sweetie boy. And um, you know, I so I joined in. So it was pretty small. And I had asked Connie, you know, where else is where else are everybody going? And she goes, you know, I really don't know anymore. You know, there's a lot of people have started off on their own to go to places. So, so well, I you know do paperwork in my sleep. So I'll be happy to you know take your applications and see who's still going and where they're going. So I took the stuff from the first couple of years that she had just, you know, put in a box, and I called, contacted all of them, and made, you know, started lists are my life, and so I made a list of, you know, who all was still active and where they were going, and started getting it out to all the rest of the members, and, you know, so we trucked around like that for a few years, and then in 2010, everything was word of mouth for a long time, and then in 2010, we got a website, and then we kind of exploded because people, you know, didn't have to know somebody in the group in order to be able to join, so... And the rest is history. <laughs> no, that, I mean, that's pretty impressive with how, like, small of a, you know, group with just nine people and 12 dogs and how it's just blossomed into what it is today. Um, it, it's really inspiring. And um, and then the, the role that you filled in it, too, and just being able to, um, you know, naturally fall into the kind of the organization. And um, there's a lot of great minds coming together. Um, how would you say Faithful, pa- Faithful Paws operates and, and funds the programs? Um, our people pay $20 when they apply, and that covers them just the size <laughs> go. It has, that covers the, them for the year. For you know, A lot of our pets have more than one human. A lot of our humans have more than one pet, so it's just a family. And they come to class for however long they need to come to class. Um, then they get tested for the CGC, which is Canine Good Citizenship Program, or Canine Good Citizen Dog 
through the American Kennel Club, and um, that's it. They, you know, that's the only funding we need. It just covers, you know, my stamps and uh, sending people. We buy lanyards to give them that, um, make their ID badges, um, that kind of stuff. So uh, we also send out sympathy cards more recently, unfortunately. goes with numbers being larger. Um, you know, paying for the website, that little stuff. So we don't really have much in the way of expenses. And we do occasionally get donations, but they're really not, you know, our bread and butter. In fact, I'd rather see the money go to, to a rescue group that saves lives instead of us, that, you know, that we could buy another lanyard or two. But what the heck? Right. Um, but then, I mean, the members do. They'll they'll pay a lot of their own expenses. I mean, Yeah, travel. they pay all their own expenses, plus their hearts. Right. The grooming and bathing, some of the dogs, that's massive. You know, if you have a Chihuahua, it's nothing. If you have a Great Pyrenees, it's a major part of your day. <laughs> and, and, and some have mm-hmm. two or three Great Pyrenees, so you know what they do. Um, mm-hmm. you know, they pay I... their own expenses. They're, they buy a faithful post shirt if they want. Um, the grooming supplies, gasoline, and, you know, your car and, and driving. Uh, the only thing we don't let facilities charge our members for anything, so they have to comp our parking if it's a place that has parking, and they shouldn't have to pay even more to volunteer. Um, if, a, if it's a hospital and they want us to have shots or um, additional training like the hospices do, then they, ever, they cover that also. So, but we don't charge anything for our visits, and we don't do fundraisers, not even for ourselves. So it covers, you know, we, we kind of go day to day, but we have more than, you know, what we need to spend. Right. Well, truly, I mean, just a, an incredible group of selfless individuals just seeing that benefit of what pet therapy can do and then all coming together to volunteer their, their time and, you know, with, and, the, and, their, and their pets. Um, really, really compassion-filled. How widespread is Faithful Paws? Um, I counted because somebody asked not too long ago, and we now have facilities in 57 zip codes in and around Houston. <laughs> um, we have regular monthly visits in at least Houston, Sugarland, Missouri City, Stafford, Richmond, Rosenberg, Spring Branch, Katy, Cypress, Kingwood, Channelview, Pasadena, Pearland, Angleton, Lake Jackson, Brenham, Clear Lake, Baytown, Humble, Tomball, and I'm sure I left out a few. We've also got a couple of people like two of our members retired and moved to Wimberley, and so they're like, hey, we'll be the Faithful Paws Auxiliary in Wimberley. So we have <laughs> two to be members visiting a place in Wimberley. We have one up in Greenville and one in Slidell, Louisiana. <laughs> that's, no, that's, I mean, it's, it's certainly really widespread in the, you know, the Houston kind of branching out Texas area. Do you see, what do you see for the future of Faithful Paws? Do you see it expanding into other metroplexes or wow. um, other areas? I don't know. It's it's scary. We've gone from you know nine members to almost four hundred, so which is just, just huge. Here. Every year it, it's more and more. So you know, and then more people tell, and my waiting list gets longer. And um, but I don't know. It's just really really neat. I mean, it'd be nice to staff more places because I always have a waiting list of facilities that want our visits, and you know, we just need more people and more dogs or more cats or. You know, in the neighborhoods and able to do it. So our calendar's pretty. You know, we I try really hard when I take on a new place to to put it where it's not stepping on toes of another place that's in the same area. So people can make make it to more than one things. Um, a lot of my motto is never waste a clean dog. So we try real hard to you know put back to back places. So if you can go to one one day, you can go to another nearby one the same the next day. 
That's right. No, that's true. I remember that with Hank when we would do a couple of those visits, starting at that North Channel Library visit and then just pop on over to some of the rehab facilities. No, yeah, really so great. we try really hard to make it so that if you live in one, you know, whatever part of town you can go, you can go to at least a couple of visits on the same dog. So it works out pretty good. <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit about um, what does pet therapy do? We may um, get into this question. We may not quite finish it, but um, what what are sure. the benefits of pet therapy? Um, short answer, it brings a smile where there wasn't one. Um, it's a lot more that I love nursing homes because we make the residents you know, they give a smile, and it's really nice to have a visitor in chat. But for them, it's something to bring to a bring to the table later when they talk about things with their relatives and their other staff members and their roommate. You know, besides what they ate and what hurts. So it's just really neat. Some people like the hospital visits. You know, they really like the cancer clinic visits because those people are in a fight for their life, and to bring a good day to them, you know, means a whole lot to to everybody. It's just really, really neat. And some of them love the kid visits, of course. And, you know, sometimes you really have to bite your lip going into some of the kids' rehab places with some of those damaged children. But, you know, to bring them a smile is just everything we do it for. Right. Well, I think it's actually time for us to go to a commercial break. Um, So we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back. Um, This is A Compassionate Life. I'm Dr. Brittany King and you're listening to uh, Faithful Paws and Kathy Bilnowski and we'll be right back after the break. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Do you feel alone trying to conquer life's challenges? Do you feel that there's sometimes nowhere to turn and nobody really understands? Remember, you are not alone. Every week, host April Joy Ford, who has faced adversity as a constant in her life, helps you rise above life's challenges with your own blueprint meant to discover the powerful you. April's challenges have included childhood sexual abuse, becoming a widow and single parent at 32, and other such curveballs. She'll help you get empowered holistically every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. It's time to access your magic. Tune in each week to Living in the Magic of Possibilities with your host, Glenice Hughes. Our topics cover finances, personal health, business, relationships, mediumship, and so much more. If you want to access all that is possible in your life, listen to Glenice and her expert guests who've turned the impossible into the possible. Living in the Magic of Possibilities is heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to The Compassionate Life. To reach Dr. Brittany King or her guest today, please call into our program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to brittanyking.swimbet at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, we're back. This is Dr. Brittany King, and you're listening to The Compassionate Life, and we are hearing from Kathy Bilnowski of Faithful Paws and we're going to pick up where we left off. 
um, kind of describing a little bit more about the the benefits of pet therapy. Um, sure. Hi, Peggy Brady. Um, yeah, some of our, our patients, you know, enjoy our hospice visits because we, in fact, we partner with several different hospice programs from one needing lots of training and one needing no training. It just depends on, you know, what what those clients need. Um, and a lot of our visits enjoy our kids' visits. We have residential facilities and we have scout groups getting their pet care badges and a lot of special needs classes, both for struggling readers and just for kids to, you know, have some interaction with pets. We do a lot of one-time visits, like colleges and high schools at final exam times, and we've even gone to the Intercontinental Airport for their Christmas and spring break to visit with holiday-stressed travelers. So, you know, it'd be hard to find something you'd like to do that we don't do. No, it's really uh, widespread, too. Um, <laughs> I can't say that I've actually, I didn't join any of those um, holiday airport visits, but had I seen that in an airport, that would have definitely been less of a stress stressful experience for me. So, um, okay, describe the population your organization serves. Specifically, would you mind explaining how many people you serve each year and what services you do provide? Um, sure. Um, most of our monthly visits are to hospitals, nursing homes, rehabs, hospices. A uh, growing area for our regular visits are what we now call PERK, P-E-R-K, for pid, sorry, Pets Enjoy Reading Kids. And that's visiting to hospitals and, I'm sorry, not hospitals, libraries and schools for kids to read to our pets. Usually it's struggling readers, and the pets are totally um, unjudgmental and unconditionally. They'll just listen, and, and if you have a Sheltie, they just stare at you like, wow, that's the greatest thing I've ever heard in my whole life. <laughs> but, um, we enjoy our trips to the airport. To, we even got invited to a company that was being bought out because their employees didn't know if they'd have a job the next day, and they were so stressed out they couldn't you know, do the job they were doing. So we got to go enjoy with them for a while. We went to a special needs prom. Um, it was so funny to oh, have wow. people wanting dog hairs on their formal attire. So that was just really great. And we're going to the same group for their vacation Bible school this summer. So we're excited to see those kids again. One year for our annual dinner, I tried to count the number of smiles we bring each year. What I was counting is, you know, one pet, one client, and how many of those interactions we had. And I figure that we've brought about 2 million smiles since our group's inception. Um, around 300,000 will be this year in 2016 alone. Like one of our college visits, the librarian, that's where we usually sit up in colleges and it's through their libraries. And They had a person with a clicker at the door that was counting their students that came in to pet our pets. And after our four evenings there, they counted 1,300 students come through. So it was like, that is really cool. <laughs> that is really, I mean, it really is. It's really impressive. But I just think the benefit, um, I mean, we know it. We're part of it, but um, you know, people that maybe didn't grow up with pets or didn't grow up in kind of animal-friendly homes, um, the benefits to just just petting a dog, seeing a dog, um, petting an animal, is, um, that's an impressive amount of smiles. <laughs> it's really neat. We've got one at a, yeah. at a library that's not a read program or reading to the kids. It's just kids getting to interact with friendly pets because they don't have that in their life. And one of our visits at Rice and the, the librarian called just laughing because they have so many oriental um, students at Rice that are not used to cats being household pets. And one girl was sitting there holding our cat, and the cat started purring. And the girl just freaked out. I broke it. I'm sorry. I broke it. I broke it. We're like, no, sweetie, you didn't break it. The cat's happy. 
So, oh. you know, it's really neat things we don't think about, you know, that's new to somebody else. So it was really fun. So, you know, we, Rice never minds, you know, doesn't count cats against our dog number limit. So that works out really good. No, but that, I mean, that's really true, too, because there are a lot of differences across, you know, well, various cultures where they aren't um, necessarily as pet focused or recreational pet um, oriented um, and have a, a fear of animals. Um, but this is the perfect organization to, you know, kind of calm that fear, introduce um, that into their lives. I mean, especially exactly the college visits and the and the kids cramming for you know, tests and exams and then petting a dog, seeing a dog, that blood pressure just goes down and that focus can come back up. So um, it really is. It's, there's so many positive benefits to pet therapy. It's been and, the neat, hum- the, the, and the same library visits, the, the librarians will tell us it's really great to have the pets there too, but our adults are so appreciated, which we hadn't even thought of. They said these kids have not seen an adult in months that wasn't trying to grade them on something. And so it's really special for them to just be able to chat with somebody that's not going to give them a grade. So it's like, wow, we didn't even think about that part of it. No. I mean, and then you, I mean, it really is, it's it's mutualistic all around. I mean, that's what I found um, participating with Faithful Paws and Hank was that it, I mean, it's beneficial, obviously, for the people you're visiting, whether it's the rehab facility or the nursing home or the library, but it's beneficial for your pet at the same time and then for the human owner, the handler um, as well. I mean, with just a quick little story there, Hank was my little Scottish terrier that passed from cancer at Christmas and um, I was really trying to find something for the last couple of months that we could really bond together with and felt like we were giving back and it was so beneficial to me, which I hadn't even predicted. I was just, you know, until the point he didn't feel well. So we did it for quite a few months. But, um, I mean, he was loving all the extra attention. I was really enjoying that bonding I was getting to have with him, too, at the same time. And then the people I met throughout, whether it was at the visit or throughout within the organization of Faithful Paws, are incredible lifelong friends now, um, so supportive. And it's just, it's just eye-opening and a whole different world that hopefully people are getting to hear about today. (laughs) (laughs) It's all win-win-win. I mean, having taught high school for 20 years, it's, you know, this is so neat to have everybody friendly and nice and (laughs) not the normal parent you have to call. So um, it's just really a neat, neat organization and activity for people to do. It is. It's so it's so honorable and great that you that you are so passionate about it and have done so much to bring it from grassroots up. So thank you and all of the leaders and everybody who's had a hand in that. Um, so we'll get back into uh, what what is Faithful Paws' specific mission statement? Um, we're a team of organized volunteers involved involving the incorporation of trained animals specifically designed to administer therapy to adults and children in nursing homes or hospitals and to share the joy and fur, furry love of our pets with the people we visit. So pretty much that's a long way of saying bring a smile. But, <laughs> right. Yeah. Bring yeah. two million. <laughs> <laughs> and counting. Um, no, and counting, right. Um, what, it, well, what is the difference between a service dog versus an emotional support dog versus a therapy dog? Thanks. One of our biggest problems lately is, you know, the fake service dog credentials that people use. Service dogs, service dogs are like people are used to seeing seeing eye dogs. There's hearing dogs, um, you know, things with the diabetes dogs and all that kind of stuff. Police dogs and things. And those dogs are allowed to go anywhere, no matter what. And but they are not therapy dogs. Um, 
they they can. There's also a category kind of in between the two now called emotional support dogs. Their biggest thing is even if like an apartment says no pets, they can live there. If it's and these are the ones that doctors can write a prescription for somebody to have an emotional support animal. It is supposed to be for the one person. It is the one person's emotional support animal. Um, they're not meant to be petted by everybody else around. They're not necessarily real friendly to everybody else around. So, you know, that's not what we do. Um, therapy dogs is, is what we do, and they just have to be tolerant of everything and everybody. They don't have to really give a hoot about their owner, which is fine. <laughs> you know, they just want to be petted by everybody else around. They don't get to go to the restaurant. They don't get to fly on the airplane. They don't get any special services other than just a regular old pet. There's nothing special. <laughs> just a circuit. They like to bark at the mailman, though. Good timing. <laughs> they get to be regular dogs. <laughs> Yeah, no, they do, but they, they really are, I mean, they're, they're devoting their, their compassion. Yeah, and, um, and so. the official ADA site for Americans with Disabilities Act site calls them, they give emotional support for many people, but not one person, and they tolerate a lot. And that's really their only two, you know, check-offs on their little category of what each kind of animal does. And mm-hmm. the service dogs are not for one person and are not for emotional support. They're there. They do have to tolerate a lot, but they are trained for one specifically for one person for certain things for that one person. Right. I think, I mean, thanks for explaining the differences because there is a lot of confusion around that. Um, I've had to write certain health certificate type um, evaluations for, you know, service dog versus a therapy dog versus emotional support. And um, they are, they have different roles. Right, and so. even the back of our ID badges, it says, this is not a service animal. It right. does not receive extra accommodations. You know. No, <laughs> except first class, right? No. Right. <laughs> um, except it does usually get to sleep in people's beds, more so than most dogs, I guess. Uh, probably. <laughs> um, all right, well, what kind of awards have Faith, Faith, has Faithful Paws won, um, you know, in the news, media exposure? I know as it's getting more worldwide and really all you have to, or sorry, like citywide, um, and all you have to do is Google therapy, Pet Therapy Houston, and you immediately come up. Um, Yay, what kind of? I know it's it's really it's easy to find, really exciting. Um, what kind of media exposure has that resulted in? Um, we've been in the Chronicle, Houston Chronicle, several times, and especially the Rice University visits, our Intercontinental Airport visits. You know the big things. Um, one of our dogs was named the with the had a ceremony at the mayor's office, the city of Houston mayor, and the councilman who nominated her was named the official therapy dog of Houston. So mm. that was really cool. She's one of our three legged dogs. And um, our director won the Houston Volunteer Service Award for Animal Welfare last year. The old in Houston they were called the Jefferson Awards, and now they're called the Houston Volunteer Service Awards. So for her work with our group and founding our group, so that was really neat too. Um, we've been in lots of you know little local uh, neighborhood newspapers and things. Uh, we've been part of several uh, studies at the hospital. In fact, we're starting another one that people that are doing studies ask if they can work with our group, and pretty much our part of it is we do our normal thing and they follow us around. So that's kind of neat. But they're studying the effects of pet therapy on different populations. Um, one is doing the effects of cats instead of just the dogs, and one right. was doing the effects of it with children. They were following us around Memorial Hermann Children's Hospital. So hmm. um, it's been really neat. And then, you know, then we asked for, hey, send me a copy of your, of your final you know, results when they finish up their, their, 
papers and things, but and I have a files full of pictures of our pets, you know, when they've been out of the paper and out of the news, newspapers and out of the little magazine articles. So that's that's been cool. That is cool. And in front of our website, can't... our first page of our website has um, the picture of our, you know, our um, the mayor picture plus the um, volunteer service picture, and also our favorite old, one of our old, now-gone pups was Dr. Red Duke. He was one of our favorite people, and we were one of his, and he would always bring us in even to ICU to all of his patients and things, so he'd see us in the halls. Oh, come over here. I've got some people that you need to see, so... Oh, now that's that's amazing. I, um, I didn't, I wrote, I was helping write one for, wasn't there a bunny, a bunny that was going to be working mm-hmm. with? Or faithful yep, we have several that, rabbits, but, and we don't at the moment, but we have one that's got the paperwork, so hopefully we'll join. Um, our director yeah. had a rabbit thumper years ago, back, you know, several dogs ago too, and a lot of us, you know, will have one dog retire and, and then have a new one, so a lot of our members are on their second or third dog. So, no, shark, it's so hard when we lose Sharky one. I mean, that's, <laughs> pardon? Uh, I said I've got to get Sharky in now. Um, <laughs> name, <laughs> name not intended to frighten. <laughs> um, all right. Well, actually, it is time for us to take another break. Um, so we're going to go for a, a short little break. Uh, this is A Compassionate Life. I'm Dr. Brittany King, and you are listening to Faithful Pause with Kathy Bilnowski. We'll be right back. us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. How are you doing in your life? Do you control your life or does it control you? In our hectic, overconnected world, do you spend too much time feeling tired and wired? Tune in to Master Your Life with hosts Leah Mattinson and Dr. Howard Rankin for inspiration, insight, and intelligence on how to gain control of yourself and your life. Along with some inspirational and knowledgeable guests, Leah and Howard will give you the tools needed to help you on your journey. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Women in sport has come a long way in a reasonably short time. In the 1950s, most women's sport was casual, recreational competition, followed by snacks or a light lunch. Today, women's sport is competitive, powerful, and in the mainstream. Whether it's collegiate, Olympics, or professional leagues, tune in to Women and Sport, The Long Road Up, where you'll discover the path that women's sport has taken over the past 50 years and more. Featuring your host, Carol A. Oglesby. Listen Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America empowerment follow us on twitter for more great ideas at voice america empowerment you are listening to the compassionate life to reach dr Brittany king or her guest today please call into our program at 1-888-346-9141 that's 1-888-346-9141 or send an email to brittanyking.swimvet at gmail.com now back to the show we're back and we're Dr. Brittany King and this is a compassionate life and we have Kathy Belnowski of Faithful Paws and we're actually going to hear from Carol Ediker, a team leader of Faithful Paws. Are you there, Carol? Yes, I am. Hi, Carol. How are you? Hi, Carol. Hi, very good. Hi, Kathy. <laughs> um, I have 
I have Whistle. She is a greyhound that's a track rescue. Uh, I got her in 2008, or actually she got me. And immediately we started in pet therapy. We um, lived in Florida then, and she was working in the library there with the children's department and other places. And then we moved in 2003, 2013, we moved to Texas and joined Faithful Paws. And we had we brought our library program with us in the um, Pedal and Westside Library uh, Children's uh, librarian Stephen Glasgow was very excited about doing a, a reading program. So that's how it all started, and we continued to do the program at that library. Um, what happens? I don't know if you want reading. to ask something about yeah, it. What happens at the reading program? I, I remember doing one at the North Channel with Hank back in the fall. Um, can you walk us through, you know, what kind of the benefits of it are and what happens at those those uh, visits? Okay. The way I perceive it, the library program is an open to the public, um, non-prescriptive um, experience for children. We, we get children who are have difficulty with reading and we get children who are good readers. In fact, we've got quite a following that have been coming monthly to see our dogs. We've gotten to know them. And um, what we do is usually try to, if we have a small area, and we do try to kind of have a little space for each team with the child. And I think my biggest, our biggest problem is <laughs> trying to uh, get enthusiastic parents to step back and not coach their child in their reading. So that because the point of the program is for children to experience reading to a non-judgmental listener, which the dogs are wonderful. People who have dogs that they thought were not going to be able to sit still, et cetera, have just come along beautifully and sit right down and let the and attend to the kids. My greyhound is an old lady. She's 12 and a half. And she, in the midst of reading, she'll turn around and look at me with these dreamy eyes and her chin quivering. She's so thrilled at being, getting read to, you know. Oh, <laughs> oh no, that is really beneficial. Um, so, so sometimes we have a few children and mm-hmm. sometimes we have a crowd. It, it all depends on who comes in. We're in a good place. We're in a shopping center on a Saturday, so lots and lots of people come through. It's been That's really right. neat with the with the library and the reading programs. Now we're calling them PERC, but because um, Carol came to us and we hadn't done that before, and it's like that sounds great. You know, she had a library near her house and and got that started, and we didn't know that librarians talk to each other like crazy. And now we do about 15 libraries around. In fact, we were guests at the librarian, the Texas Librarian Convention that was held at George R. Brown. And mm-hmm. they had, what, 4,000, 7,000 librarians come through that wow. convention that yeah. week. And our group got to be there right by the sign-in place so everybody could come by and, you know, meet us and say hello to the dogs that were there. And it was just really cool. In fact, that's the only visit that we actually got to make because that was the weekend of the flood in Houston. Oh, and they let right. us park up high on the loading dock so that we could get in and out. So 
But, you know, we got to visit hundreds of librarians at the same time, and then, of course, we get requests all over. But we we go to a bunch of libraries, both both public libraries like Carol's doing right now, and some of them are at school libraries, too. So that's really been neat with the librarians there, and some of it's with the counselors and things for for struggling. And and the school ones are a little more structured, and they also do a more prescriptive reading, you know, curriculum. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's almost, that's sort of a little different approach than the um, public library and open to the public and we're just serving children who drop in and want to visit with the kids. Sometimes we have kids who can't, are scared of the dogs and I always encourage them to stand back there and watch and usually before it's over they actually do approach some dogs and our librarian, children's librarian always takes account. She watches how many we have. So we're keeping track of that. Kids will bring their favorite book from home because they wanted to read their favorite book to the dog. Or, you know, a toddler will hold a book upside down and just tell you that it's red. And that's fine Mm -hmm. or green or blue. It doesn't matter, you know, and then hand it off to the third grader that can actually read the words. So Yes. Sometimes we have an older sibling who wants to read and have her younger sibling sit in with the dog. You know, and be listening. It's, it's. It, I find it to be really exciting. It's different every time, too. Yeah, and, and and it gets them out. I mean, they're not. We're not plugged into the media. We're they're not. You know, watching television. They're they're out there interacting. Um, huge yeah, benefit. It's amazing there. how well behaved so many of the kids. At first, it was kind of rowdy. And um, then, you know, it seems like lately we've just been having nice, well-developed and uh, well-behaved kids. And um, the the library hour goes in a blink sometimes, you know. And we usually go well over, you know. How would, um, say, a a school or a library doesn't have that program, how would they contact you all to start that or set that up? Would they just go to the website? website. Yeah, we start with the website. We give them the website, and then their next step is to, you know, proceed with Kathy. Right, right. That's exciting, though. Um, Okay, well, thank you so much for calling in and sharing your your program that you helped to bring to Faithful Pause and and your instrumental role in it. Thank you. I appreciate it. I was going to say, in a big hug to whistle. (laughs) All right, well, that was really, that was um, a good informational session there about you know what all the the kids reads are about and the benefits there i mean the program is so diverse that's what's so impressive about it. it's not just hospitals and i know it started facilities. out just you know hospitals and nursing homes and then mm-hmm. somebody comes up with something like carol showed up and taught us about these and it's like hey that's a great idea okay and then it spreads and then somebody else says you know rice calls so how about coming for the kids that you know finally exam hey that's a great idea let's do that and that spreads and spreads and spreads yeah it's just ever evolving it's so exciting yeah, a scout um, group calls us, you know, and then they tell other scouts, and off we are on, you know, all the scout things when they're doing their pet pet related badges. So, you know, it's really oh, neat. Yes, Hank, Hank, did, Hank and I did that one here over in the Energy Corridor one at oh, that cool. Ask You Elementary with the Little Girl Scouts. That was a fun one. <laughs> I know. I saved the fun ones for, you know, and say, make your regular visits, and these are the fun ones for the people that spend so much of their time in nursing homes and hospitals and hospices. Yeah, it's really nice to have what we call one time visits. Visits for our people and for our pets just to have a good time. 
yeah. to see some healthy, happy people once in a while. And sometimes you'll see a dog in costume. Oh, <laughs> a yes. lot of times. <laughs> <laughs> we encourage it. We encourage it. <laughs> uh-huh. um, all right. Well, maybe just a little bit more about our specifics of Faithful Paws. Um, we talked a little bit there about it, but how does a person apply, um, go through the, the process if they actually want to join the group and, and get their pets certified? Um, everything starts on our website. You can just Google um, um, pet therapy Houston and ours will come up and if not it's easy to find www.faithfulf like in Frank A-I-T-H-F-U-L pause like the end of a dog's feet Houston the usual spelling no dots dot com um, faithfulpausehouston.com anyone with a friendly pet if it gets along with people and gets along with other animals and yes it's okay if your dog normally chases cats because that's, mm-hmm. they get to be a dog but they won't when their cat's not running so it works out good um, any with a friendly pet, read the pages that are there, and then contact us through the link provided. Um, the link, you know, that gives them a chance to read all of our rules for our members. And the link comes to me, and I get their email address accurate the first try. And they give me their name and phone number and dog's name and breed and stuff like that. And then I send them a letter. I have lots of canned letters now that has, you know, mailing address, mailing information to send their paperwork and the paperwork that I need. And um, and off we go. And then I tell them, you know, hi, I got your paperwork in the mail, and you're on the waiting list for class. So. Right. And then the, the, the details kind of of the classes and when are they, um, once they get past that step and have now been able to start coming to class. Um, classes are every Tuesday night, excepting we don't have classes from Thanksgiving till the end of January. So that's the back of no- back half of November, nothing in December and January, and then we have a huge waiting list by the time February rolls around again. Um, but every Tuesday the rest of the year, and you don't have to, it's like a giant conveyor belt, so there's not a beginning and an end of class. Whenever you mm-hmm. start, you're going to do the same things during class. The classes are practicing the 10 items that are on the American Kennel Club's CGC, or Canine Good Citizen Test. They're on our website on the last page at the bottom, and they're also, if you type in CGC or Canine Good Citizen, you'll get 100 websites that tell you all about the same 10 items. Um, and there's a lot of web articles about it. A little obedience, some obedience with healing and you know, behaving, sit, stay, down, the usual obedience stuff. A lot of familiarity with strange people handling each other's pets and the pets tolerating being with each other. Every week we practice the same things and help with any item that dogs or their humans haven't mastered yet. Um, Come when called. At Faithful Paws, we also have two extra commands that beyond the usual pin for the CGC, we want them to learn leave it, which teaches a pet not to eat everything it sees, especially because we do a lot of nursing homes and there could easily be a pill on the floor. So you kind of keep your eyes ahead of your dog or if they're looking for something, you can leave it. And, you know, when it also helps at home and, you know, so it helps us because it keeps our dogs from stealing every cookie our grandkids walk around with. So it's like, uh-uh, leave it. <laughs> so that works out pretty good. We also want them to learn Watch Me, which um, will get their, get their attention off of whatever they were looking at and back up on their owner's face. So it kind of just breaks their focus on something that might not be good for them. Like, they want to sniff another dog's butt. We're like, no, no, no. Instead of saying, no, 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 all the time, we go, leave it, you know, or watch me. And then back to you, and that works out good. So, um, And the dogs, you know, dogs will find a lot of things fascinating, and you don't always want them to inspect them. My favorite exercise during our class is our elevator drill. 
because that's one you can't practice at home. Um, mm-hmm. One handler and pet stand in the middle of the room, and everything else crowds in them around as tight as they can get. And we just stand there, and then we say, okay, back off, and then next, and the next person tries that, because we are often, you know, smashed on elevators. My German Shepherd often had a little dog or two standing underneath him on an elevator trip, so it was always <laughs> kind of funny. <laughs> no, I, I do remember that one specifically. That was really um, yeah, that was really good because cool. not just, will just in an elevator, but yeah, if you're in a small, you know, um, you know kind of lobby area in, in, in a nursing home, that was important. I, I saw how throughout the visits, all of the things we were training on really became, you know, important. Um, even just the you know brushing and handling and touching the ears and things like that, because that's exactly what you know someone's gonna be doing um, mm-hmm. who's receiving the pet therapy. Yeah, we have a lot of autistic kids we visit. We have a lot of Alzheimer's adults we visit. And they may not be gentle on the dog's ears or tail or something. So the pet really has to tolerate a lot. So, you know, that's what they get practice doing. Well, thank you. Um, It's actually time for us to take our last little break. So we're going to go ahead um, and take a short break. We'll be back, though. And this is um, we're hearing from Kathy with Faithful Paws. And this is A Compassionate Life. on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. When you see someone, are you seeing the person or the perception? We see labels such as fat, thin, black, white, rich, poor, but we don't always see the true identity. Listen for New Dimensions with Reverend Nicholas Barrett. On this program, we'll embrace the breaking down of societal paradigms, our norms, and acceptance of our false selves. You can find your identity the way that God intended. Forget all the labels that you think you see. Tune in every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. Encouraged and connected on our lively, award-winning Healthy Living Power Hour. Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune in to the Power Party for positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. Visit StarStyleRadio.com. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to The Compassionate Life. To reach Dr. Brittany King or her guest today, please call into our program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to brittanyking.swimbet at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, we're back, and we are hearing about Faithful Paws of Houston with Kathy, and I'm Dr. King. Um, So we're going to get kind of right back, learning more about Faithful Paws. Um, Last, we were talking about kind of the details of the classes and the training. If you wanted to get your pet certified, um, we'll train to go through certification to become a member. Um, Kathy, what does the testing and certification entail? 
um, certification for us is usually the Canine Good Citizen Test, which is from the American Kennel Club, so the AKC, all the acronyms. And the 10 items are all over the website. It's also on our website on the last page, so you can check out those. Greeting a stranger, sitting, um, allows people to groom them, paws, tail, ears handled, walk, you know, heal, uh, move through a crowd, sit down, stay, commands, come when called. My Zorro had trouble with that one. Um, behave politely around other dogs, reacts with confidence to distractions. We do things like um, walkers and wheelchairs and canes and, and, you know, things dropping and just normal stuff they'd run into on a visit. And they can be left with a stranger for three minutes because <clears throat> even some of our people have to potty occasionally. Um, and then we add the watch me and the leave it commands. Uh, our classes, some of ours will call them one and done, especially if they already had their CGC, which you can get lots of places. Then if they already have it and I get the paperwork, then many of those will only need to come to our class once because our director can, you know, say, hey, you can do everything. You're great. You know, you're approved and off they go and can start visiting with us. So that's really cool. Some dogs will be ready to test after just one class, regular dogs like my German Shepherd did. And I think my Aussie holds the record for being in class every single Tuesday for over a year. (laughs) So (laughs) there's a few people that give up way too soon because, you know, just hang in there. Sometimes they're a little more inventive with their behavior than other dogs. But, Mm -hmm. you know, these two shall eventually get the idea. (laughs) <laughs> That's so funny. No, I mean, certain breeds, certainly German Shepherds are really going to be, um, but those and poodles are going to be fast learners. Hank, I thought he was going to be that year long, but he, he, I think we went through like four or five classes and then went to test. So, and he had no, oh, then you have, in you the know, past. English bulldogs and things. It's like, oh my God, come on dog. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, so then once, uh, you know, once the pet is certified and they, they've tested out, how do the volunteers get out and start volunteering? Um, the day after they get certified, if they test with us, that's fine. Or either way, I send them an email with lots of attachments, one of which is our 15-page list of places that they can go. And every facility also has at least one or two of our members as team leaders, so they'll just browse through the list, see what they would like to visit at, and it has their address, you know, where it's at and stuff, part of town. And they call the team leader and say, hey, I'm so-and-so, I just graduated, and I'd like to join your visit on Saturday or whatever. And the leader will let them know, you know, if there's some things want background things like hospitals want in, 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 uh, shots and background mm-hmm. checks and things. Some places don't care at all what we do or where or whatever. So, um, you know, they'll let them know if, if there's parking information or driving directions or, you know, where to leave your car for valet parking or whatever happens. And they'll meet them at the door usually and, hi, I'm so-and-so, you're, you know, They'll get to meet the team leader, and, and they stay with them usually on visits. Most of our visits are done as a group. Sometimes we're like a giant choo-choo train going in and out of you know, nursing home <laughs> rooms up and down the halls, but uh-huh. um, a lot of them are in community rooms, and we'll all be there together. Yeah, I do remember it being remarkably easy, actually. Once you sent out that email, um, I mean, you can volunteer as much or as, as little, whatever your time schedule permits. Um, right. I think you like we, us we, to do. We require once a month. Right. At least. Um, most people do more. You know, mo- the vast majority do two or three times a month. Um, one does about 30 times a month. I don't know how she does it. Uh, that's Andy, who <laughs> has over 700 visits now. The AKC oh, has not caught up with the, the therapy dog titles to her yet. So wow. she got the, the 50, the 100, the 200, and the 400. And now we're waiting slowly for them to catch up to Andy's number of visits. But That's impressive. That's incredible. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> yeah, but it was. I mean, and then there's a huge variety in a lot of areas too. I mean, it wasn't just uh, so the for those that have, obviously haven't seen the calendar. I mean, each day will list like four or five options. In right. Different I remember areas. the first time I called the director and said, "We have now have something every week of the month." And uh-huh. now it's like four and five things every day of the month. Every so it's really day. neat. We have, um, you had asked uh, the places we go at the moment, we're going to about 75 nursing homes and rehabs, a dozen hospitals in the med center and all around the Houston greater area, about 20 children's or teens residential and treatment facilities, about a 15 more places for the reading programs for our perk visits in both schools and public libraries. And then we have an additional 100 plus one-time visits to whatever, things like the colleges, the medical medical schools now. We've been going there for their final exams. Um, colleges, med schools, high schools at finals, the airport, scout groups, we said. Um, there's a lot of day programs for seniors and things like gathering place for Alzheimer's groups, um, programs for special needs populations like the prom and their VBS that's coming up soon. Um, we went to a breakfast meeting at a rotary group to tell them about pet therapy, and they fed us. That was really nice. That's Aww. rare. <laughs> Dog wow, treats too. <laughs> <laughs> and um, recurring visits with kids. Um, there's one that's going on now that they just have one dog at a time. But we send in one of our huge giant dogs because it's um, kids being trained to be vets. It's a veterinary program or a pre-veterinary program, and they're younger kids, you know, up through teens. And they get they get a stethoscope and a lab coat as part of their camp thing. And they have one of our dogs. They only want one. I don't know why. We could give them a hundred. One of our dogs to come in, let the kids practice on him. It's like, you know, if we're going to have 50 or 60 or 80 kids practice on one dog, let's send them a big dog. So one of our giant dogs goes in there and like 10 kids can listen to his heart at the same time. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I mean, I think they, they'll do those at the museum, the, the Houston Children's uh-huh, Museum. At the too. Houston Children's Museum, yeah. Yep. So that's been really neat. And so the, dog just, and the man that brought his old giant dog loved it to death, and then that dog passed away, unfortunately, and now he got a new one who's just as big and sweet, too. So, you know, and he taught himself belly up, so he just flops on the floor with his tummy up, and everybody can listen to his heart. Oh. Um, what is your, has been your most memorable moment with Faithful Paws? Um, wow. <laughs> I'm going to see if I can do this without crying. Um, two things. One, secondhand, because I just have to say, and it wasn't me personally, but um, we had a couple of visits to hospitals where we were there for our normal visit, and the parents or doctors have come out and saw us going down the hall and asked us if we would please come in to visit a child who's there because they had just been recently mauled by a dog. And the parents don't want the kid to be fear, you know, afraid of dogs forever. So we would wait outside and send in the little bittiest dog first and stand at the door and then, you know, get closer and closer as the kid was comfortable on the bed. And then another and then another and then another. And every time we've ended up with, you know, a room full of dogs on top of the kid's bed getting hugs and kisses. So, which is so much of what it's all about. Um, <laughs> sorry. And firsthand, um, early, I guess, when went to a nursing home and there was a man sitting in a chair or in his wheelchair and I had parked my German Shepherd next to him and I was talking to a lady behind me about my Aussie and we were chatting and by the, then the staff had said, you know, don't worry about him. He doesn't respond to anything. And he was just sitting there with his eyes closed and just immobile, you know. And so I just parked Trooper there and I turned back around. And when I turned back around to him, he had moved his arm off of the off of his wheelchair and his hands, fingers were just scratching my dog's, the top of his head. 
And, you know, it was so neat. And the staff went, oh, my gosh, look. And then she went over and got the other staff members to see that he had done this because they didn't think he even knew that we were there, that anything was happening. So, you know, it was just really, really neat. And, you know, that's what it's all about. The patient, we found that just touching the fur, sometimes if we just lay the dog's fur up against them or, you know, shove our dog's head up against them sometimes, their hand will naturally turn over and start scratching them, even if they don't wake, you know, open their eyes or something. But the smile on this guy's face was, you know, the best reward we could have ever had, or I could have ever had. It was just, it's just really neat. So it's so, I mean, it's so rewarding. That really just sums it all up. Um, that, I mean, that human animal bond is it's priceless. You can't, you can't, uh, you really can't explain it until you experience it and you see it. Um, well, it has been a real pleasure being able to hear from you today, Kathy, and hear about Faithful Paws. Um, such an honor to myself to have worked with it before, but then for you to just give us your, you know, your time this whole hour to explain the details of it and and everything that you've built here around Faithful Paws over the last, you know, almost twenty years. It's pretty amazing. So, thank you for joining us. Well, you're very welcome, and we all miss Tank, and we look forward to the new one joining us in the near future. Yeah, Shark, you will. Well, well, thank you. Um, this has been a, a great interview with Faithful Paws and Kathy, and you're listening to The Compassionate Life. I'm Dr. Brittany King, and we're on every Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Pacific time. Bye. Thank you for being a part of The Compassionate Life. Please join Dr. Brittany King again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, how will you leave your compassionate mark on the world? 